Well, welcome, everybody. We are in week two of our series called Rise Up. And last week, we actually looked at uh, Ezra, the character Ezra. Couldn't find it in the Bible. But... Neither could I. <laughs> I had you version out. <laughs> exactly. Content. I mean, that's like we have exactly. to go there. But uh, we talked about how that was the second wave of Israel being, or Jerusalem being rebuilt. Yeah. And, and so he was in that second wave, and he went to reestablish worship in the temple. They'd already built the temple, and they come to reestablish worship. And and things weren't exactly how Ezra had it planned on. No. <laughs> it was not what he had, had dreamed that, that, that he was hoping to get there. Yeah. And everything was a mess. And, and honestly, Ezra just absolutely has a meltdown. Uh, he's kind of in the fetal position on the ground, pulling his hair, pulling his beard, all kinds of stuff. And the verse we looked at was in Ezra chapter 10, verse 4, and it says this. He says, rise up. This matter is in your hands. We will support you, so take courage and do it. And there was this community around him that said, Ezra, we can get this done. Let's do this. So rise up out of, out of your anguish, and let's get this whole thing done. And so today we're going to look at another person, Nehemiah. Yeah, and honestly, as I was reading and preparing for this, also had to look it up in the contents, you version, <laughs> find where Nehemiah was. I fell back in love with the story. I yeah. had heard the story of Nehemiah before, but after hearing it and reading it in this context under the spirit, scope of rise up. It's powerful. And so what we're going to be looking at today is at the very beginning of Nehemiah, he talks about this dream that he has, right. and it kind of stirs up something inside of him. And it got us thinking <laughs> about dreaming, about dreaming, and not talking about, you know, <laughs> dreaming at night when you're sleeping. But, you know, when we were little or when, you know, when we were kids, it was easy to dream. You know, we, we wanted to be so what did you do you want to be when you were little? When I wanted to be little. Well, no, wait. When I want to be little, I'm still little. When I wanted to grow up, I wanted to be a rapper. Yeah, and you can still dream. find some of my videos growing up. <laughs> what you did go. you want to be, Brad? Uh, you know, I don't even remember. It's been so long it ago. It has been a long time. But we thought it would be interesting to, to see what kids nowadays are actually dreaming. So we've got some, some, some pictures of what kids dream about. Yeah, and it's Actual actually kids. handwritten. Handwritten what kids they were asked. And yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. So this first one, uh, it's a word that's new to us. Yes. Um, herpetology. This kid wanted to succeed in herpetology. And so if you know what that word is, <laughs> write it in the chat, but it is a real word. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, he goes on. Yes, this he does. Same, this is all the same kid. Yes, he does. You're right. So succeed in herpetology, have a wife and kids, and my personal favorite, Breed dragons. <laughs> Who doesn't want to breed dragons? I mean, seriously. Yeah, what about you? Those What's one of goals? the kids you've got? Here's the kid I've got. He, he, uh, number one, he wants to get a girlfriend. That's reasonable. Number, yep. number two, there. he wants to kiss her. And then after Step that, you just got to go jump and rule the world. Yeah. Once you've conquered the kissing Once, of the girl, exactly. all you bets can, are you off. Can, you can rule the world. Yeah, uh, this is actually my personal favorite of all the ones we're going to read today. My one wish is for it to rain tacos. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? <laughs> Can you imagine walking down the road and getting hit in the face with a taco? <laughs> oh, man. You know, you just can't get enough. I, 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 think, it's, I think it's admirable, you know, to be, want it to rain tacos. Do you think there's lettuce or no lettuce? Well, it would have to be no lettuce for me. True. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, our last one here is when I grow up, I'd like to be, and this is just a, a collection of kids. I love this. Toby wants to be a veterinarian so I can help pets get better. You know, down a little bit. Violet wants to be a chef because I like to cook. But go clear down to the bottom here where Albert, he wants to be a person who stays home and does nothing. I was going oh, to insert a Trevor joke here. But I was I'm not. so too. That's the first thing that came to my mind. But I'm not going to. So, oh, man. you know, we all have dreams and sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. Yeah, and it's just so cool as you, you talk about the child's dreams um, and how those change 
almost every year as we continue yeah. to grow up. Yeah, yeah. And so today we're going to be talking about this Nehemiah who, and the third wave going back to rebuild Jerusalem, the holy city, and he's going to rebuild the wall. And remember now, they've been in exile in Babylon, and he was actually a, the cupbearer to the king, yeah. which means that he would taste the wine, and if he lived, then the, <laughs> then, then the king could actually drink it. So let's pick up the story. Yeah, and so we're going to turn to Nehemiah chapter 1, and we're just going to read a few verses, but verse 3 is where we're going to start. And this is what Nehemiah says. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have burned with fire. Verse four, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And I wanted to stop there just for a second because I think that those two verses are so relatable to what we're experiencing now. Sure. Okay, there's chaos, anxiety, depression, breakdowns. Parents might be going a little <laughs> bit crazy with trying to manage their children's schedule, their boredom, etc. But the next few words is what I really want to focus on, which come in verse five. And that's kind of the theme of our series. And it's words that really don't stand out to you unless you read the whole you know, story. But I just want to break it down. Verse five then starts out with, Then I said... And I love that transition because Nehemiah goes from, I'm experiencing grief. It says he was grieving for a couple of days, right. but then God got a hold of his heart. Then I said, I declared, I stood up and he goes into this long prayer of just declaring how powerful God is. And there's some really cool things he actually says in that prayer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so he comes in and it's this internal strength of saying, hey, um, I'm going to go and rise up and build this wall and go back to Jerusalem. I'm not going to let my circumstance define who I am. And so part of what we just wanted to help you navigate with today is uh, you might have a dream that has been silenced in the midst of all of this chaos going on. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it's easy just to say, you know, what's the use? Why, why should I bother? You know, with yeah. everything that's going on, I can't make a difference. I can't do what I, I really wanted to do and understand that there's still that passion inside of us, what some people would call a holy discontent. Yeah. And there's, there's maybe there's even some things that this has brought up. You say, you know what? I, I want to do something about what is going on right now. Yeah, your dreams didn't go away because COVID-19 entered the scene. Right. You might still be feeling that, but like you said, that holy discontent where we are, oh, my paper dropped, <laughs> <laughs> where we are feeling this holy call, this pursuit, this desire, and it's creating an unsettledness inside of us Right. But A, B, C, or D, how do we get there? Right. And, and here is Nehemiah, and it, it affects him so much that he goes in front of the king, and the king notices, yeah. there's something wrong with you. Why are yeah. you sad? Why, what, what is going on? And Nehemiah has to actually talk to the king and say, this is what's going on. Yeah. And the king lets him, allows him to go back and gives him all kinds of papers to say, hey, you can, take the, you can take the cedars, you can get all the materials and things to go build the wall that, that you want to build. And, and I love this because then Nehemiah goes back and he actually starts scoping out this whole city in secret. Yeah. No one knows why he's there. He, yeah. He's very quiet about it. He just goes around and sees what kind of condition that everything is in. And he gives actually another motivational speech. Yeah. So the and, first one was the internal speech. Exactly. Where he was rising up and saying, God, you are so good. You are powerful. Rise up within me. And the second one is, is, is he actually gathers the people yeah. around after he sees it. And we're going to pick up the story in Nehemiah chapter two, starting with verse 17. Here's what he says. He says, then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. 
I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. And we saw that in Ezra last week also where, he, yeah. where Ezra says, you know, that the gracious hand of God is on me. Yeah. And there's something about this, this holy discontent, this thing that this passion that God puts in these people to, to go make a difference that his hand is on them. Yeah. And I love that picture. And again, this is external thing. So he's talking to the crowd that's here and here's their reply. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began the good work. I think that is just awesome that he's sitting here talking to the community. And last week we talked about the community also. Yeah. There was a community behind Ezra. Now there's this community behind Nehemiah. And we've been talking even as a staff this week of how much we miss our community, oh how much we goodness. miss doing life together and, and worshiping together. And we can't wait to get back here. But yet that doesn't stop us from doing what God is calling us to do. Exactly. And it, it doesn't stop the passion from growing inside of you. Uh, when we're in the midst of all of this stuff. Right. And that's part of what I think I'm struggling the most with right now. Even as we're preaching for the camera <laughs> and then it'll be live streamed. Man, I miss so much being able to be around everybody. There's that discontent inside of me. And sometimes we are limited by our you know, situation right. and what we can do. Um, but we don't want our situations necessarily to control us. COVID-19 is obviously a unique situation. Right. The bigger picture of what we're talking about today goes past COVID-19. Well, and we talked about that last week, Bruce yeah, and I did. Yeah, exactly. Where, where it's not, you know, yeah, we're in a situation, we're all in it together at this time, but there's, we always run into roadblocks. Exactly. We always run into things, whether it be marriages, finances, relationships, job loss, death of a loved one, you name it we're going to hit those kind of roadblocks and how we react and how we rise up in those situations makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, and that's a good point because as soon as Nehemiah gets the crowd <laughs> riled up and ready to go. And they're behind him. And they're ready to go. They are like, yes, he hits resistance. Almost immediately, it's like one verse to the next. Exactly, and, and it comes from a couple of different places. It comes from outside mm -hmm. and it also comes from inside. Yeah. And, and you know what they end up doing is they start building with these scouts. You actually, a little bit later on, say that they were building with bricks in one hand and a sword in the other. Yep. And so they didn't stop them. They had to pre be prepared and ready to go. And we run into those kind of things all the time. It's kind of like when you, you get all excited about something that you're, you're going to do, and then you start hitting roadblocks. And you actually, just, <laughs> just this week, closed on a house. And I've been teasing yes. Jordan about this for a while. Closed on a house. You, you guys are so excited. We're so excited for you that you're into this house and things. You know, you've experienced some of that excitement, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're thrilled. And, and, and so I come and burst his bubble and say, <laughs> dude, you just bought a house, man. You are going to... You know, there's going to be water heaters that break. There's going to be, you know, you had to go paint the uh, whole thing. I'm nervous laughing right now. <laughs> and it is. It's, those, it's yeah. those kind of things. We get all excited, and then all of a sudden, yeah, now we're hitting the resistance. That, that, that kind of resistance. Yeah, and I think that's so true. And honestly, I think what stops most people from rising up and pursuing their dreams is that resistance, where they get started, or they finally build up the courage to take that step. Right. And then something hits, and they, instead of choosing to have their sword in one hand and their brick in the other, they choose to have nothing in either hands or two swords in the hands and back in the house. And, and you end up, you know, again, like Ezra, pulling his beard and hair and curled up in a fetal position saying, I can't do anything about this. Yeah, and here's something I want to share during this time because uh, we want to make it very clear that we aren't expecting you to, quote unquote, maybe pull up your bootstraps and walk through this journey by yourself. Right. You know, th that's not the point of this series. The point is we want as a community to walk with you and help you navigate how do you rise up in the times of crisis. Right. And sometimes 
you are going to be grieving. Sometimes you're going to be anxious, depressed, but we don't want that to stop you from what God has placed on your heart. Exactly. And if we can rise up with you, walk with you, maybe hold the brick for you as you've got your sword in your hand, that's what we want to do. Encourage you in any way we possibly can. Exactly. You know, just build into that calling that you may have, that, that thing that's in, inside of you that says, you know, I've got to do something exactly. about this. And the other thing is, I think you can also be looking for those kind of things. Absolutely. You know, where is it in my life that God is calling me? Instead yeah. of just, just, hey, let's just set this, this thing back until it all blows over, no matter what it is, whether this situation or a relationship issue or uh, uh, finances or what have you, what can I do right now to build into that call that God has on my life. Yeah, and so you are not alone. And so Nehemiah, he comes to terms with that. He realizes, hey, the community is under pressure, but we're not going to stop. And so chapter 6, yeah. verse 3. And what happens before this verse is that, that someone is actually out to try to kill. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they actually they get to a point that the people on the outside, the opposition, actually want to take Nehemiah's life. So what yeah. they're trying to do is lure him out of the village, out of Jerusalem, so they can kill him. And he's up on the wall actually building it. Yeah, and so then he's ready to go. And he's like, hey, I see this happening. That's not gonna stop me from what God's called me to do. And so chapter six, verse three of Nehemiah, uh, it says this. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Yeah, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna be disturbed. Yeah. I'm not gonna take my eyes off the focus. I'm not gonna take my eyes off what God is calling me to do. This, this is where I'm supposed to be. So I'm not coming. Yeah, and when the enemy is tempting you, I think the response that Nehemiah has is so powerful. You can change it to, I am a child of God and I am not going down. I am called to yeah. do this and I am not going down. I am strong. I am beautiful. Whatever it is for you, whatever your temptation is, change those words around because Nehemiah has that realization where he is focused and he is ready to go now. And he says, hey, I see the resistance. I see the chaos, the anxiety, the depression, but guess what? I am so in line with what God has in store for me and I cannot go I, down. I will not get distracted on what God is calling me to do. And it's so easy sometimes in those troubled times when we're, we're, we're feeling anxious, when we're feeling you know, this, this hurt, uh, whatever it is we're going through, to get distracted. It's, yeah. it's natural. Yeah. We, we all do that. And there's gonna be times that you do it better than others, but we gotta com, com, come back to that what... Where is God in this? What is he calling me to do? How do I stay on the, the course that he has for me? Yeah, and so that's a great story. Um, what's the application for us today? How do, we, how do we even apply that to our lives? Well, I think it goes back, you know, one is that you, we just got to find our dream. Yeah. You know, we got to find, and, and when we say that, it's not necessarily this, this big, because a lot of times what people think of God calling them to do, it's got to be something major. I've got to change True. my life. True. It may be something very, very simple. And that's how it starts. Maybe it will build to something, but finding out, you know, what is it that is my passion? What yeah. is it that, that I can feel um, I'm using every gift that I have in my life that, that God is calling me to, to, to do? Yeah, and I, I want to reiterate a point that you just made because that's the hiccup for so many of us is having this mindset that either our dream has to be perfectly planned or it's got to be this huge event right. for it to be something that God's calling us to. Um, we can find God working in any moment, especially in COVID. God didn't just go away and the dreams with God didn't go away because our, we're limited to staying home or to being six feet apart, um, social distancing. God's still there and still moving. And so while it might seem small, like a small difference, the impact of what you could be doing, that encouraging text that you could be sending 
could that be may it, revolutionary. You know, and, and understand that your dream is unique to you. Yeah. Nehemiah's dream was unique. There were people living in Jerusalem. They were going about their business. Yeah, they looked true. at that crumbled down wall every day and no one was rebuilding it. Yeah. But there was something in Nehemiah that says, hey, I've got to do something about this. It was yeah. his dream. And there were other people living there that that wasn't their dream. Exactly. Not everyone has the same exactly. dream. Exactly. And, and, and if we all did, then we wouldn't, we wouldn't get everything accomplished that needs to be accomplished. Very true. And so we recognize that God works in this mess, that even in the midst of all the chaos going on, maybe you're just sitting there frustrated because you're like, hey, I want to get back to work. I want to get back to normality. You and I have both expressed that we crave that. We're angered about that too. Right. And we're frustrated. And, and you might be feeling some of that, but God still works in the mess. It, it brings me back to a C3 sports season that you and I had. I'd like to say it was a long time ago. It was just last year. It was just, I mean, it was, yeah, it was like 365 <laughs> days from now exactly. or from the past right. where this first day, the first Saturday was beautiful 65 oh, degree yeah, weather. And, and I got up at halftime and I, I announced that, you know, we, we <laughs> prayed about it and we are going to have this kind of weather for the rest of the season. The next, yep. the next seven weeks after today. Oh man. The next that seven weeks work- after today though, we were in three inches of mud. Oh my gosh. Rain, sleet, snow. It was probably the worst weather-wise season we've ever had. Oh, it was awful. Yeah, it in, was In the terrible. 25 years I've done this, it was the worst, worst season we've ever had. As yeah, I mean, weather. we had two or three weeks in a row canceled, ruined, and then we had to make it all the, up. Ruined the football fields yeah. and everything else. And, and through all of that, God still worked. Yeah. It's one of the most talked about seasons that we'd ever been through. It was one of the roughest. I mean, we were miserable every yeah. Saturday. Relationships were still being built. And, the dream was still and, and, moving. And, and, and again, we even talk about that. We find people on the streets, you know. And, oh, and, absolutely. And they talk about, oh, <laughs> you remember when this happened? And it's one of those things. And, and understand that, you know, there's times that you may feel like you're in exile. You may feel like, you know, it's not the perfect conditions. But God is still there in the mess doing what he does best. Yeah. And something that I want to discuss is this idea that your dream can change. Yeah. You know, I think so many of us get hooked and that's part of maybe why we get caught in the same career or the same uh, influence or the same job for so long is because, well, this is what I was passionate about then. And, you know, I got my degree in that. And so that's what I'm going to stay with. But for some reason, there's this wrestling inside of me and I can't understand what that is. It's probably God, that holy disconnect, content, yep. placing something on your heart, calling you to take a step. And the other thing you got to understand too is what God does a lot of times, and I know I, I've experienced this in my life, is he'll, he'll take you exactly what we talk about is the next step. Yeah. So, you know, his goal may be get you over here, but there's going to be another step, another step, another step. And understand that some of those steps actually end in failure at times. Oh, and, a lot of them. Exactly. <laughs> And you talk to anybody who's gotten to a point where they feel like they're really doing God and talk about their journey there. There's mm. some tough stuff that they have to go through yeah. and figure out why, God, would you allow this to happen? It, it's true in my, in my story. And then you look back and say, oh, that's why that happened. Yeah, and so the journey's messy. There's just some things that we want to remind you as you're pursuing your calling, when you're pursuing that dream, that, that thing that God has placed on your heart, is that it's, it's going to cost you. More than we're probably comfortable with. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's going to cost time. It's probably going to cost you money. It, it may cost you in, in say, hey, this is where I thought my life was going, and now it's not going anymore. It's probably going to cost you. It's also going to take longer than you think. Yeah, I think that's because we live in such a on-demand culture. Oh, that is so true. Yeah, that's just what drives us all crazy. And, and, and especially, and I would say maybe even, even 
you know, younger people, maybe your yeah. age, we've talked about this in generationally speaking, Yeah, um, is that it's this instant society that, that you want it right now, and, and God is molding you through all of those things a, until he gets you to the point that you want. So it's going to take longer than what you actually think. And I think that's part of also why dreams do change sure. is because you start maturing. God's building inside of you. For the first 20 years of your life, God was preparing you for the next 20. Right. And then after that 20, God's prepared you for the next 20. And that, that's not always the case. That was just a very blanket statement. But I think because we live in that on-demand culture, we lose sight that God doesn't work like that. Sometimes that God does. And then there's the Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, <laughs> plans to prosper. But Jeremiah 29, 10, after 70, 70 years, years of exile and of pain and suffering, yeah. it's often the waiting game. And, and it's going to... It's also going to not only take longer and be harder, there's going to be a time that you're going to want to quit. Oh, all the time. <laughs> and, and, we, and we face that in our own ministries. Yeah. And, and, and it happens that you get to a point, you say, you know, is this really worth it? Yeah. Whenever you ask an author or a musician how many songs or how many books they wrote or how many rough draft copies they wrote before they finally bit the bullet yeah, and release something— Man, Eminem, I don't know if I can advertise him. Don't look him up. Uh, he recorded 100 plus songs for one of his albums and only 17 made the cut. Right. 100 plus songs. You know how many hours of writing and recording that was? Yeah. Don't let your dreams stop just because the energy required or the failures that happen uh, step in the way. Yeah. And, and understand too, it's just like the, our story in Nehemiah, there's going to be resistance. Yeah. There's going to be resistance on the inside. And there's going to be resistance on the outside. Internal and external. Internal and external. And, and the one thing, talk a little bit about, you know, that, because that, sometimes you, you say, you know, I feel like God, God has placed this on my heart. And then you have people, you know, inside yeah. the church or inside, you know, other Christians, friends and things or family saying, are you sure you heard that right? Yeah, this is a difficult thing to navigate where you're, and this is honestly something I struggle with because when I get excited about something, I'm all in. Right. I'm ready to go. And so what I've had to wrestle with is um, trying to find the balance between what I believe God is placing on my heart as a dream or a next step, and then balancing that with what is the advice I'm receiving from the wise counsel. And sometimes I need to ignore the wise counsel and just believe what, chase what God's calling me to do. And then sometimes God is using the wise counsel to say, hey, that's actually a selfish motive. Right. Listen. But we can't give you, unfortunately, a formula no, on there, how to do there that. No, there is no formula. Just, it, it, just understanding that that is, is there. Yeah, is, that that a, balance exists. It's a huge step. And, yeah. And we can just talk through that. The, other, the last thing we kind of want to talk about is this mission and method. And, and sometimes what we do is, is we give up the mission, and we never give up the mission. Yeah, The absolutely. mission is always the same. The mission at Crossbridge, we know what it is, you know, transforming lives by, by helping people take next steps with God. That's the mission. But the method sometimes changes. Yeah, and we've noticed that, especially during these last six weeks with yeah. digital ministry. Exactly. And so, but, but to give some more relatable, because not everyone's running a digital ministry, okay? Um, you've also learned with your, <laughs> with your children right now, okay? That they're home all the time and trying to battle with e-learning. And so the grace and the love still needs to be there, the mission. But how you communicate that, the method, you might need to show grace in this area and then let something slides on other, you know? Yeah. The way that you might be parenting during this time might be 
lot different than it was six weeks ago. And that's okay, because the mission is still the same. Exactly. And what happens sometimes is the method changes through cultures. Yeah. And that's what we're finding. That's what the church has always been up against. And that's what ministry has been up against, is yep. that, that the mission doesn't change. The, the message doesn't change. But the way that we provide the, the message you know, that's got to change. It's got to become relevant to the cultures and things that we're in. So mission never changes, but method may actually change. Yeah. And then also, man, you just have to finish well. You have to get to a point that, you know, this is, this is where I'm heading. This is where I'm going. And I'm going to do everything I can in my power to finish well. Yeah. And so here's how we want to finish today. If you felt something spark up inside of you, if you're like, yeah, that's me. I have felt God. I've got that holy discontent. What do I do next? We want you to private message us, okay? If you're on Facebook, then that little circle with the squiggly line on the top right of your uh, desktop or on your mobile device, um, just go to the Messenger app. Just shoot us a private message and say, hey, I've got a dream. Where do I start? If you're on YouTube, uh, same idea. Go to admin at crossbridgecommunity.org. Email us and say, hey, I've got a dream. Where do I start? Yeah. But we just love to pray for you as we close out today, as we continue to challenge us to rise up. So will you bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, you are so good. And we're just so grateful, Lord, that we have the opportunity to uh, hear your word, hear your worship, be together in some way today, Lord. We just ask that any person that has a dream placed on their heart, this holy discontent, that you make that obvious to them right now. And then God, I pray that they take courage to that dream, rise up and reach out. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Have a great week, everybody.